Welcome to the podcast where you eavesdrop into conversations between my friends and I on a weekly basis. My name is Lily Jo, I'm a singer, songwriter, and I perform shows all over the world. I'm a qualified counsellor and an emotional well-being coach. You can also check out my award-winning online mental health resource, The Lily Jo Project. I know you will find gems of wisdom within the conversations that I have with my friends. Hopefully you will find tools and resources that you can hold on to, try and test for yourself all around the important subject of mental health and personal development. I am so pleased to welcome you to today's episode of Eavesdrop. This Eating Disorders Awareness Week, I am in conversation with the lovely Shell Perris. Shell overcame her battle with anorexia nervosa with the help of her family, her friends, and a Christian faith. This inspiring story is sure to keep you hook, line, and sinkered. So grab a brew. You are welcome to Eavesdrop. Been this tension off. Okay, we've been told that this might not happen, but we'd really love a family. So what you know what do we do and we kind of I felt like we had to prepare ourselves almost for whatever was going to happen in that but it was amazing because within six weeks of making that decision that we wanted to have a family we found out that we were pregnant oh wow and for me that was the completion of that journey that Mm. I felt God had brought me on in terms of being told that I was always going to be an anorexic that I wouldn't be able to have children to now being in a place where I wasn't anorexic and I was pregnant with our first little boy. Wow, that's amazing. So could you go back then to the beginning of your eating disorder and how that started for you and how you recognised something wasn't right? And can you just talk to us about the details of that? It It was when I was 15 and I had been bullied throughout my school life. Didn't really know why, but just school was not a nice place to be for me. I was quite lonely. And then I'd lost my grandparents quite close as well. And that was the first time that I'd experienced grief and losing people. Mm. And I felt like I wasn't in control of my own life. I didn't know that at the time. You know, I wasn't able to put that into words at the time. But that's what it was. I wasn't in control of my own life. And I remember making that decision of, well, nobody can make me eat. I'm not a baby anymore. I don't need to be spoon-fed. And so... It started off me just making the decision to not have my lunch at school. So I'd take a packed lunch and as soon as I got to school, I'd throw it in the bin. Okay. So that even if I was hungry at lunchtime, it wasn't there for me to eat. And I did that for a while and kind of my body got used to that almost. I found that drinking cups of tea or having water and chewing on chewing gum kind of satisfied the hunger pains and stuff. And I just learned to deal with it almost it was like I was taking control back of my life and Mm -hmm. it was this mission that I was on to do that and I was going to do whatever it took to kind of to have control and then I started to skip my breakfast at home so I would go downstairs earlier than the other people in my family and put some Weetabix and some milk in a bowl swish it round and throw it in the bin Mm -hmm. so that everybody else thought that I'd had my breakfast and I knew that I hadn't. So there was loads of deceit involved and lying and obviously looking back it makes me feel awful that I did those kind of things but I was so desperate at that point in my life to be in control that I was prepared to kind of do whatever it took. Mm. And then a few weeks after that I started to skip my main meals as well which was a bit more difficult because 
we were the sort of family where we would sit around the table at home and have dinner together. So I used to have to make up excuses or, you know, lie about I've already had my tea or I've been to a friend's house or, you know, anything, I don't feel well. But sometimes I'd have to eat my dinner so that I wouldn't be found out. And I'd always make myself sick afterwards because it was just... It had gotten to the point where what I'd started off in control of had become in control of me. Okay. And it felt like I was in this... I was trapped, that I couldn't do anything about it. And I remember after four months, I just... Like, I dropped so many clothes sizes. I used to wear clothes that were massive for me because I didn't want people to see that I was so thin. My hair started falling out. I had, like, all these brown patches on my skin because I wasn't having the vitamins and the minerals that I needed. I couldn't concentrate. I had constant headaches. And obviously, at the time, because I was so obsessed with this Mm. kind of needing to be in control, that... I didn't really pay much attention to any of that. I knew it was happening. Like, I remember lying in bed at night and my skin used to hurt because it was stretching so much. And it got to the January after my 15th birthday. So this was about four months after I'd stopped eating. And I don't know whether I was just tired of the life that I'd been living or I just felt like I was, I need help. That I'd got to that point where I was like, I need help. But I ended up telling my mum everything one night and she kind of confronted me about it because obviously she'd seen a difference but didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know this, but she'd been phoning helplines and asking, what could it be? What can I do? You know. And I remember my mum and dad took me to the doctor's and sat there and told the doctor about what had been happening. And I just sat in a corner with my arms wrapped around me because I was... I was ashamed, I guess, mm-hmm. of what of the situation that I was in and what I'd done to myself. Yeah. And I remember the doctor weighing me and, like, looking at all these different things that were going on, and he said to me, I'll give you eight weeks to live if you don't start eating. Wow. And I remember sat there just thinking, I didn't do this because I wanted to kill myself. I did it because I wanted control, but I feel so out of control mm-hmm. that... You know, mm. I don't know what to do from here on in. Yeah. And so the next kind of two years, really, I had lots of counselling. I saw lots of different dietitians and doctors at the hospital. But I think the biggest difference for me was there was a guy in my school called Steve who was a youth worker and he was a Christian. And I knew, you know, he used to do the assemblies, like the, we used to call him a Bible basher and you know, we used to do the God slot and all that kind of stuff. And um, he, he saw me in the entrance hall of my school. I was in year 10 at this point. And he, whether he knew what was going on or not, I don't know. But he came up to me and he just started telling me about how God loved me and how Jesus died on the cross for me and how valuable I was to God and how precious I was to God. And they were all things that at that time in my life I just did not feel. And then he gave me this Bible verse that talked about Jesus knocking on the door of my life and how if I invited him in, he'd share a meal with me. And I was just sat there thinking, how blooming inconsiderate. (laughs) You know, like, I've got an eating disorder and you're telling me that Jesus wants to share a meal with me. Like, it didn't... And I was literally just about to go back at him with all this kind of, what? You know, anger, like, what are you talking about? And the bell went for my next lesson. But I couldn't get what he was saying out of my head. Wow. And over the next two months, him and his friends just kind of accepted me and just loved me. And I started going to church and I realised that actually 
you know, this, it's not boring being a Christian and church isn't boring and there's a load of people that are prepared to love me even though I'm going through such a difficult time in mm. life. And it was, a, it was probably about two months after I met Steve that I remember sitting on my bed at home and I just said, God, if you love me as much as these people say you love me, you need to come into my life and do something about this mess that I'm in because I don't know what to do anymore. And it wasn't like there was a big rainbow that appeared or the grass got greener all of a sudden and life became easy. It was just knowing I had this knowledge, this deep-rooted feeling inside that I was loved by God, mm, that I oh, was precious to him, that I yeah. was special to him, and that it didn't matter what I was going through, that he wanted to be involved mm. in my life. Mm. And I think it was at that point that I got a sense of hope I thought, you know what, I don't have to live with this for the rest of my life. Even though the doctors have told me that I'll live with it for the rest of my life, I don't have to. And some days were amazing and some days were really tough. And I would say it was two and a half years from stopping eating to actually getting to that point where I was like, God has healed me and I am free from this. And this wow. isn't an issue for me anymore, which... Two and a half years at the time felt like a really long time. Yeah. But now it feels like such a short space of time. It's a chapter that was in your life yeah. and it's now done. Yeah, it's done and it's something that I can now use to help other people who are struggling with similar things. Yeah, wow. So I'm just so grateful to God and grateful for those people in my life who have loved me back to life. Mm. And, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Wow. That is so remarkable, actually, that, yeah, such a remarkable story. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing. I know that your story will help others who are yeah. feeling the same way. Yeah, I think it's just knowing that somebody's been there. You know, like, when you're in it, you feel like I'm the only person in the world going through this. There's nobody else who understands me. Because I think unless you've been through something, it's difficult, isn't it, to understand. There be plenty of people who have been through stuff that I've not been through. And so you find it difficult to understand as much as you try. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, if people are in similar situations, just knowing that somebody's been there understands you and has got through it is the biggest thing. It's like there is light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. I don't have to live with this for all of my life. I can be free from this. And just hearing somebody say, that's happened to me, so it can happen to you too, is sometimes the encouragement that you need. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So if you are listening today and you are going through similar things to what Shell has just described, please know that you are not on your own, that there is help out there, there's help available for you. Um, and on the lilyjoeproject.com, there is a section dedicated to eating disorders too, so please do check that out as well. Beat is another really good charity yeah. Yeah. for eating disorders, so check them out as well. And also, you know, as Shell described, meeting some people who can love you through it, yeah. whether that's in church or a youth group, wherever that is, Find those people that can kind of get alongside you and pull you along on the journey of life because you can't do this on your own. You cannot do this on yeah. your own. You don't have to. You don't. And I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with, whether it's an eating disorder or self-harming or any kind of mental health issue. There's so many people that are going through them. And so don't ever believe that you're on your own in it. 
because the chances are that you're not. Mm. In fact, I know that you won't be. Yeah. <laughs> Season two of Eavesdrop is kindly sponsored by Mediconf. Mediconf promote excellence in health education throughout the UK. For more information on Mediconf, go to mediconf.co.uk. Please find the links in the description box below. Obviously, you know, it's really good that you have the insight now, looking back with hindsight, yeah. to know that when your grandparents died and when life was hard at school, you were just doing something to gain back control, really. Yeah. You were just doing all you knew. Yeah. You know, we can't, yeah. there's nothing to blame you for. You were just doing, yeah. what can I do? How can I claim back control of my life? So what would you say to anyone out there who may be at the beginnings of an eating disorder, who may be skipping the lunch and skipping yeah. the breakfast and that kind of thing, yeah. to gain control? What other ways, obviously your, your testimony was, you know, people and faith, what other ways can people take back that control? What could have nipped it in the bud for yeah. you, so to speak, right yeah. back at the beginning? I think surrounding yourself with amazing people who you can be really, really honest with. So, as we've already said, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Being people. real. Being yeah. real. Because I think, I think sometimes we feel like we've got to be this perfect person that gets everything right, that's got nothing wrong going on. And, you know, it's like... We let everybody see the highlight reel, don't we? Mm -hmm. We don't let a lot of people see behind the scenes. And so having people that you can go to and say, I don't know what's going on, but I'm really struggling with this, or I skipped my lunch today and that's not me. What's, you know, Great. start talking Great about those thoughts that you're having in yes. your head. Because in my experience, me having an eating disorder was an outward expression of an internal pain mm -hmm. and I just didn't know how to deal with that internal pain yeah. um, but there are lots of people that you can go to you know even your parents if you've got that kind of relationship with your parents where you can talk to them about stuff talk to them yeah. I love the you way know. your mum was like really hands-on and trying to yeah. google and yeah. trying to I guess google maybe wasn't yeah. the thing actually yeah, sorry maybe not. No, <laughs> I know, but she was phoning helplines yeah, and she was, was all yeah. over it trying to help you the best way possible and I think yeah. as mums ourselves yeah. we would say to any young person your mum loves you yeah. regardless of how she might act yeah. and regardless of whether the relationship is strong and close yeah. you know your mum does love you or your foster mum or your yeah. adoptive mum or yeah. whoever there is, there yeah. will be somebody yeah. close by who yeah. loves you yeah. so please just be honest and open what would you say then to any mum today yeah. who's struggling with a daughter or a son who is yeah. going through an eating disorder yeah. I think don't overcrowd just kind of be as supportive as you can find out about it, research it, google it you know, find out about eating disorders, read stories of people who have had eating disorders and how they've felt and what's happened in their situations. And just be there. You know, I think, like we said before, unless you've been through that yourself, it's very difficult to understand somebody in that situation. So don't try and fix it straight away. Validate where they're at. You know, really help them to realise that even though you might not understand what they're feeling and what they're going through, that you want to walk alongside them and you want to be there to help. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, if you know God and you pray, then pray. 
because that can do more than we can possibly ask or imagine you know and so if you have got a faith pray and really ask god amazing what if someone listening today doesn't have a faith yeah how would you how do you get started on the whole faith journey Wow, that's a massive question. <laughs> There's loads of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for my mum and dad, because when, when I became a Christian, my mum and dad weren't Christians. And so they actually went on an alpha course. Oh, great, okay. And an alpha course is where you just get to ask questions about faith and being a Christian and all those big questions about why does God allow suffering and, you know, how can God love me and how can we believe in God when we can't see him and all those massive questions that lots of people have. The Alpha Course is a great place to be able to ask those kinds of things and be real with other people who have got similar questions. So my mum and dad went on the Alpha Course and as a result of that, they ended up becoming Christians as well, which was amazing. So things like that, there's lots of churches that run those kind of courses, Mm -hmm. you know, for people who just want to know more about faith. No pressure, just an open conversation. open conversation. I think always talking to somebody, like if you know somebody who is a Christian already or has got faith, you know, talk to them Mm. about what that means for them and how they live it out on a daily basis. And if you don't know a Christian, go to a church yeah. and find one yeah. and yeah. become friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing as well is not having this expectation that Christians are these perfect people who get everything right all of the time because we're not. <laughs> Nobody's perfect and nobody gets it right all the time and everybody makes mistakes. And so I think if we can hold on to that as well, maybe we won't have all the answers. Like, I've been a Christian for... 18 years now and I haven't got all the answers Mm. you know and people who've been Christians for 50 60 years haven't got all the answers because that's part of why it's called faith Mm -hmm. exactly Um, so so yeah there's lots of different ways you know sometimes I've heard stories of people just literally getting a bible out and reading a bible and God's spoken to them in Mm -hmm. some way a verse has jumped out at them Mm -hmm. and it's exactly what they need to hear at that time you know, some people like me just sitting on the end of my bed and saying, God, I have no idea about any of this faith stuff. I don't know how to be a Christian, but I know that I want you to help me if mm-hmm. you can. And even just saying something as simple as that yeah. can really be the start of something amazing. That is so good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you. Bef- I want to encourage you as well okay. because... We were talking the other day, weren't we? And I was telling you about my little boys dancing to your music oh, and loving it so much. Yeah. And honestly, I found myself this week going around Creation Fest and just singing your songs. Oh, so, um, thank you. yeah, if you haven't heard a Lily Joe song yet, make sure you hear one because they're amazing. Oh, that is so kind. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah. So, if people are listening today and they'd like to get in touch with you, yes. Where can they do that? The best place at the moment is on Facebook. Brilliant. So okay. if you just type in Shell Paris on Facebook, it'll go to my page and you can like it and, you know, just chat through Messenger and stuff. I'm kind of, obviously used to do all the music stuff and had all the websites going and whatever and then laid that down to have the children and, you know, so I've not really done that much. I'm getting back into things this, mm-hmm. this last kind of t- 12 months I've been getting back into things. So at the moment, definitely Facebook. Great. So watch um, this space for your new watch music. This space. Yeah, new I'm music, about that. new websites, yeah. new stuff coming. So so good. good. Okay, last question for you. If you were able 
to go back in time yeah. to your teenage self, yeah. what advice would you give? The biggest advice I would give is be who you have been made to be. Mm-hmm. Don't feel the pressure to fit in. Don't do things that you don't want to do for the sake of being liked by other people. Just be who you are and take the time to discover who you are and learn about who you are. How do you do that? I know, it's a good question. I think just realising what makes you you. You know, what is it that you get up for in the morning? What is it that you spend your time doing and Mm. thinking about? What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that makes you smile? You know, when do you feel your best? When are you shining the most? And asking all those kinds of questions, I think, really helps. Things like, if there's something in the world that you could change, like an injustice or something that you see that makes you really sad, what is that? Because I think questions like that really feed into your purpose and who you've been made to be. So, yeah, if you get that gut feeling when you think, oh, I really shouldn't be doing this, then don't do it. Mm. You know, if you get that gut feeling that's like, this person isn't good for me to be around, then don't be around them. Brilliant. You know, yeah. if you get... Just just listen to yourself and mm. listen to kind of... You know, if you get those gut feelings... I know being a mum, like, if I've got this gut feeling about there's something wrong here... I need to go with that because I've learned over the years that actually, I know, your gut actually speaks to you yeah, a lot. You know, it yeah. is kind of that I'm mostly right mm. when I go with my gut feeling. So so, so just make great choices mm. about who you hang around with and what you spend your time doing and don't be afraid to be everything that you've been made to be. Mm, so good. So I did a little bit of work around my purpose recently and I found that mine was to inspire, encourage and ignite freedom within myself first and then others. Because obviously, if you've not got freedom for yourself, how can you help other people to find that? What would you say your thing is that you see as an injustice in the world that you want to change? What's your purpose? If I could sum up my purpose, I would say helping people to be everything that they've been made to be. Yeah, great. Just understanding like reaching potential, dreaming big, not being frightened to shine Mm. and just kind of setting the world on fire because of who you are. Yeah, yeah. That's what I try to really help my children to kind of get a hold of that, you know, honestly, you could not have four more different children. (laughs) I'm like, how can you come from the same mum and dad? I'd be so different. That is incredible, it's isn't amazing. it? It's amazing. And they've all got, you know, you can see already their characteristics coming out and they're all, you know, they've got similarities, but they're all quite different as well. Mm. And I can't wait to see how that's going to be used and to see yeah. how they're going to grow up and what they're going to do with their life and stuff. But just really helping them to know that, you know, don't just do that because your brother's doing it. Mm. You know, you do what you want to do because... Yeah. That's great and that's okay. Yeah. Um, they say that what you were doing when you were 10 is what you're going to do as an adult. Yeah. What were you doing when you were 10? Well, for my 10th birthday, I got bought Take That tickets <laughs> <laughs> to go and see them in concert. That was my first ever concert. There you go. And I remember standing there watching them and being like, I want to do that one day. No way. Yeah. Amazing. Do you know what I was doing? What were you doing? I had two tape decks. Yeah. And I was recording my own radio shows. Amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. And that's what we're doing that's right brilliant. now almost, yeah. you know? It's yeah. so funny, isn't it? Yeah. So whatever it is that you're kind of passionate about, even from a young age, yeah. can turn into yeah. the thing that you're going to do when you're older. So yeah. just go with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Go with it and be open. Be yeah. open to that. Nothing's wasted, is it? Yeah, no, nothing's wasted. Everything can be used, even the tough stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me this morning. Thank you. It's been lovely. And I hope to see you and hang out soon. Yeah, that'd be amazing. God bless. Thank you. Thanks, bye. On the podcast, we cover a range of sensitive topics and perspectives. Some of the points raised in this episode you may strongly agree with or strongly disagree with. I want to know who you are and what you think. Last season we had so many downloads, but we don't know who you are. I want to get to know you. I really want to hear your thoughts and continue the conversation. And that's why I've created a brand new Facebook group. You can find the link to the group in the podcast description, or you can search for Lily Joe Presents Eavesdrop on Facebook. On joining the group, we would like you to fill out a very short questionnaire and in return, you will be entered into our competition for a chance to win some Lily Joe merchandise plus a day in the studio with us as we record season three of Eavesdrop. The winner will be announced on Friday the 22nd of March, so don't miss out on this opportunity to connect in this way. I am so excited to get to know you. I will see you in the group. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please be sure to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, why not share with your friends? Please check the description box below for extra links and further information to some of the topics discussed in today's episode. Also, you'll find information about what's coming next. For further information, top tips and advice on all kinds of mental health issues, including low mood, anxiety, self-harm, eating disorders and more, please do check out www.thelilyjoeproject.com. You can find my music across all digital platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. See you next time. Throughout 2019 and 2020, I will be touring high schools across the UK and Europe with my Let's Talk About Mental Health interactive and fun workshop. 75% of those with a mental health condition start developing it before the age of 18. That's why I believe it's so important to let young people know what to do if they are struggling with a mental health condition and how to maintain good mental health. If you would like me to lead this workshop at your school, please do get in touch. Email us, admin at thelilyjoeproject.com or why not check out our schools pack, which is www.thelilyjoeproject.com forward slash schools. We can't wait to meet you. Are you feeling stuck? Do you need a little help to get your life back on track? Do you have big dreams but don't know where to start? Why not book a session with me where we can explore together your dreams and turn them into a reality? I offer life coaching to individuals through my unstoppable life coaching business. Why not find a link in the description box below and book today? And don't forget to use the unique discount code eavesdrop for an extra 10% off. looking for an interactive workshop on how to overcome low self-esteem for your next festival youth event or schools workshop 
Why not book me, Lily Joe, to lead my brand new I Am Worthy workshop where I teach best practices on how to overcome low self-esteem. This workshop is not just for girls, but it's for your guys as well. Find a link in the description box below to book today and don't forget to use the unique discount code eavesdrop for 10% off.